magic of the sunstone, you're tuned into the Jewel Riders Archive. Hey Jewel fans, this is Chris from the Jewel Riders Archive. We are here today with part two of our Western Magical Girls podcast. And joining me today again are Queen of the Fandom, Stormy, also known as Cupcake Doll, and currently on Tumblr at Moonlight Reel. And also joining us is Alex, the creator behind Paper Doll Prints. Glad to have you both here. Today we are picking up from where we last left off. Unfortunately, like almost a year ago, <laughs> not not intentional that long of a break. But it's last been a long year. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Uh, so last time we talked about magical girl properties from the '80s specifically. Today we're going to start talking about magical girl properties from the '90s and beyond. So the first one I wanted to talk with you guys about is the 1995 Saban production Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic. This is a show. Now, stop me if you've heard this before. A princess new to a world of magic and a student of a great magician must lead a team to find missing jewels scattered from an enchanted box by a jealous rival. Does this sound familiar at all (laughs) as possibly (laughs) the plot of Jewel Riders? (laughs) 1995, they had one plot line. There was only one choice you could have. (laughs) So this is based on the, at that time, I guess, popular stage magician, Princess Tenko. Um, The series follows her basically animated counterpart who trains in real magic to recover the missing Starfire gems which were scattered across the world after the evil twins Janna and Jason tried to seize the magic for themselves. Tenko is assisted by three guardians, Bolt, Hawk, and Steel, the trainee guardian Ali, and the animal trainer Shanti in their request to recover the missing Starfire gems. So, I have to say, as a child, for a hot minute, I actually liked this series better than Jewel Riders. Wow. I know that sounds a little heretical to say now, <laughs> but I don't know. There was something about the like urban fantasy of it that really spoke to me. I don't know. I really liked it. Maybe it's because I had come fresh off of loving Gargoyles the year before, and this is like another urban fantasy show. But yes, we should say Tango takes place in the real world. Yes, not Tango in a t- fantasy realm. Tango is a traveling stage magician in our world who travels all over to different countries searching for the Starfire gems. Right, it's like her stage show is like the cover basically for her <laughs> to find <laughs> the magical jewels. And I have to say, like this show is only thirteen episodes, which is quite sad. Yeah, they didn't get to go very far into <laughs> no. the lore or the story. And sadly, it also ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we don't know what happens to the characters in the end. If anybody out there wants to write a fic to finish it, please let me know. <laughs> and I think some fans probably didn't even get to see all 13. 
Like Jewel Riders, Tenko was shown at strange hours that you might have had to set your VCR for. And <laughs> yes. I know I didn't see the last few episodes, so they may not have even been shown on television at all. I want to say it was like 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning that it aired oh. where I lived. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, good luck if you wanted to watch it. I mean, I'm not even sure that all the episodes are available now either, because, like, I'm looking and it says that, like, not all of them are even available. Actually, funny you should Do you have that. some of them? <laughs> we, we actually just... So, Ronnie and I were looking through our childhood VCR recording tapes of cartoons, and we found one of the missing episodes of Tenko on there. Oh my gosh! So Ow. It's kind Which of episode crap. is it? It is. Um, will the real Princess Tenko please stand up? Oh, that's awesome! So, if you want to watch something that was recorded on my childhood television and looks like <laughs> crap, you can. <laughs> that's awesome! Yeah, no, I would love to see that because there are a few that are missing. It looks like. And I know a fan who at this point would like to remain anonymous reached out with what I think is the last missing episode. Oh, so the, the wow. archive should have all of the Tenko episodes now. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So yes. hopefully it is complete now. That's uh, awesome. Which episode was the last one that was missing? Do you remember? Um, it might have been Cry Havoc. No, this I think it was the Magic Skates episode. Oh, 12. the Magic Skates. Okay. The one where Allie gets her her Starfire gem. Oh my gosh. I believe that was the last episode that was missing. So I'm I'm almost sure that all thirteen are now finally available to be seen Aww. in the wild world of the internet. That's awesome. So, yeah, we're like a, I don't know, the Jewel Riders archive was just sort of like, here, we're going to take Tenko, because nobody else <laughs> wants it. Yeah, there, there are no fan pages. I don't know that there's any fan fiction. It's a show that kind of sank without a trace, which is a shame, because it is good. <laughs> there are yeah, some there's really a lot good of ideas it. there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of really great stuff about Tenko. I mean, I know that it probably, like, if people watched it today, there would be, like, some divisive opinions on, like, do they like the live-action segments at the end, or do they not like I them? I was going to ask you guys what you, <laughs> how you feel about them. <laughs> I personally really like them. I like that in them... Especially the teach a trick ones. Yeah. Princess Tenko comes across as like a really grinny Japanese idol. Yes. <laughs> Which I think she basically Which is. She <laughs> basically is. I think she started her career as an idol singer. Mm. Which, I mean, if you watch the, the stage stuff that she does for her tricks, it's very, uh, Japanese idol Aww. looking just without the music. Which is really fun. It I is was just her. reading her Wikipedia, and it lists her with another name under which she was a singer. Is it oh. Mar Mariko Itakura? Um, no, it is. 
Here I'm miss, missing up our flow. She debuted as a singer-magician under the stage name of Mari Asakaze. Okay. So uh. she has been a singer or a singer-magician, which is basically an idol. <laughs> yes. At points in her life before she became the famous Princess Tenko, the real one. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's crazy to, get her to on think. This podcast. Yeah. That would be a scoop, I have to say. I would love to talk to her in real life. Like we were we were just talking before recording, like what is she what is she doing now? And I was saying the last time I saw the real Princess Tanko in on anything was a documentary about a trunk that might have been owned by Marilyn Monroe that she was like <laughs> purchasing. So I guess she likes Marilyn Monroe a lot. <laughs> I mean um, it makes sense idolizing such a classic star. Yeah. I think the only thing I don't like about the live action segments is that they shave off precious minutes of an animated episode. Yeah. And, was, and these like these episodes are like a runaway train pacing. Mm. They're so fast. It's like no no time for emotions, no time for anything. Like You've got to get here and fight these things. And I mean, I feel like it was, gems. it was definitely like a cost saving measure for Saban. You, I would think because like, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Like I'm sure like these weren't originally recorded for Saban. It doesn't seem like it because of the dubbing over top of her. Yes. Like I'm sure these were taken from like a Japanese like segment of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were Which just is, like, let's you know, shave off a couple minutes of animation and save a lot of money. Yeah. As I mean, you're 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 probably right, because this is Saban and his whole shtick was taking mm-hmm. pre-used footage and finding new ways <laughs> to use it. A la Power Rangers. Yeah. So. Like the dubbing is very much like early Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, she she talks and the mouth does not match. The no, it doesn't. It's just like she, her mouth stops moving, but like we keep hearing things. But the magic is still in you, as she yes. says, which is her catchphrase. <laughs> she's just smiling, and they say that yeah. the magic is still in you, and it's like yeah. she's just smiling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it makes me laugh. It always makes me laugh. Um, so Tenko, I watched three episodes to refresh myself for this show. The first one was Diamond in the Rough, episode three. The second one was Strong Medicine, Strong Magic, episode four. And number six, which was my favorite of the ones I watched, was Trust and Betrayal. Episode six that was, it basically centered on Janna and Jason, where Jason gets injured and Janna brings him to be healed in the Tenko box. Mm. which is the magical box that holds all of the starfire gems and is also a portal to other realities, basically. And it's a, it's a big box. It's like a wardrobe. Yes, it's it, not it is. Like it's a wardrobe sized box. You could get to Narnia through it. <laughs> it looks like you could go into an elevator inside of it. <laughs> but that, I liked that one because it had some more character interactions and there was always a little bit of a, sort of attraction between Tenko and Jason, which I wish the series would have expanded on a little more because, you know, if you're in love with your enemy, there's a good source of drama that was never unfortunately explored or 
But, you know, the series had no room to explore any of these things. The other one, Diamond in the Rough and Strong Medicine, Strong Magic there. Diamond in the Rough is this um, anti-hunting episode where they go to Africa and some hunter tries to hunt Tenko's um, snow leopard ninjara. Mm. Which is hilarious to me because snow leopards don't live in Africa. <laughs> no. Um, and the other one was basically Tenko's horse, Pearl Rider, gets sick, and they have to, and it's like a magical illness, and so they try to to get Hawk's. Um, Hawk is one of Tenko's guardians. He's a Native American, and his grandfather is a medicine man's. As in every, you know, 90s cartoon, magical Native Americans can heal magical illnesses. Mm-hmm. So, which is a little cringe to see today. Um, but, but still, still a fun episode. Still a fun episode. Very 90s. The magical yes. Native Americans and the anti-hunting message are both very 90s messages. Yes, so it will not surprise you one bit that there is an episode about saving the rainforest also in this show. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really big uh, 90s themes going on here. So this show also had toys released at the same time as Jewel Riders. They are about the same scale as Jewel Riders toys, like a six-inch doll with brushable hair. They were released by Mattel, and they basically... According to Gregatore, the the uh, art director of Jewel Riders, these were making the rounds the same time doing product testing as the Jewel Rider toys. And he actually has he actually worked on a little bit of development for these, and we actually have those sketches up on the site. Um actually just recently wrote like a kind of a long blog about Tenko and its development, and so you can see the Gregatore sketches on the site if you want, and it's just fun to see the a different version of what it became eventually. Yeah, some of the characters originally were very different. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was like, for one, I'm always mystified that they made the three supporting characters all men. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. Tenko's reverse harem. <laughs> 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 and then, you know, you never have get any toys of any of them. She doesn't date any of them. She likes Jason, the villain. I know. Like, which is kind of romantic and also kind of a terrible message. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, this man who's tried to kill you multiple times with his psychotic sister. This is the one for you, kid. He's just <laughs> so misunderstood. Yeah. He's so well, you misunderstood. Know, he's, he's so misunderstood because he has that big 90s ponytail. Yeah. What a bad boy. <laughs> I actually really like the the Tenko and Jason. I think that's what makes Tenko that puts the show kind of a step above everything else because it has this building and growing forbidden love kind of subplot. Yeah. With Jason being the villain who is also having doubts about his villainy and because he likes the hero and he's not sure he should really be doing all the evil things his sister Mm -hmm. was into, but he still goes with his sister. I think that gives it, you know, character depth, which is why I really liked Princess Tenko. Yeah, like inside, when he's inside the Tenko box in Trust and Betrayal, Tenko goes in there at one point and, you know, he's like basically in the purity of 
the purity or whatever of the Tenko box is what they call it. He basically, he can recognize that what he's doing is wrong and everything. And so I'm like, see, that's like such a little tease, such a little tease. You know, it's definitely one of those things that if, if you were to reboot the series, it would be really fun to, to lean into that a little more. Maybe, you know, actually show Tenko and Jason dating before the show really kicks off and but I like I like Tenko a lot. It's a it's a really fun really fun show. A little bit kooky 90s. But Oh, I also wanted to talk a little bit more about the toys. This show also had toys at Taco Bell, which were little <laughs> tr- magic tricks that you could do. Oh, <laughs> and which cracks me up because it's like the teacher tricks from the show. I did not know about those. I have one of the dolls. I thought the dolls were very good. I like the, the very pretty face mold on the dolls and very pretty costuming. The dolls were thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful. They look nothing like the show, but they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's because they're not meant for Tanko, right? No. Like, they were meant <laughs> for Wonder Woman. They had- Magical transforming dolls. Their their trick was that the doll had magnets that would stick her breastplate and her fancy Vegas floofy headpiece on. <laughs> her Vegas showgirl her headdress. Transformation. Yes, I, I showed my friends my Tenko doll and they were like, is she a Vegas performer? And I got to say, well, actually, they're she based could on be. a performer. <laughs> Of outfits in her her live action segments, mm-hmm. she wore these amazing fringe for miles and glitter and whatnot outfits. Oh yeah, her outfits are out of this world. I love them. The headdresses that are two feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, her the stage illusions were are just really fun. Like. I did, after I finished watching, I found a few more of them on YouTube, and I just kept watching <laughs> Stage Magic. I still have, I still think it's just so interesting that this came around the same time as Jewel Riders. Mm-hmm. It's such a synergistic type of idea. But like, Alex, like you were mentioning, it's interesting that Tenko ends up reusing bodies that were made for Wonder Woman and the Star Riders, one of my yeah. personal favorite unproduced toy lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to, if you ever want to make a custom Wonder Woman and the Star Riders, you know where to start. <laughs> you can pick up one of a Tenko doll or a Disney musical princess, which shares the same body mold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're so fun. I mean, if you look at the Tenko dolls, like if you just, repainted them slightly they definitely would look like wonder woman Mm -hmm. Um, it's not very far off at all and especially wonder woman and the star writers aesthetic they used a lot of similar colors Mm -hmm. um so yeah lots of body suits as well (laughs) exactly it's not very far off at all even though they didn't end up moving forward with Wonder Woman and the Star Riders. It's like very clear that they still tried to repurpose as much as they could. Yeah, it's like, well, we spent all the money to develop these molds. <laughs> I guess we need to use them for something. Yeah. 
and Tenko was the recipient. I want to say, like, one of my favorite things about Tenko is that, like, in terms of magical, Western magical girls, I feel like Tenko has, like, a really nice set of transformations. Like, she feels very powerful when she's doing them. Like, the voiceover is really strong, I feel like. Mm -hmm. She, like, really, like, gets into it i don't know i really like it like yeah, when she, she yells like, that starfire to transform exactly. it, it feels very like powerful to me and i really like that about tanko and i i don't know i like that there's like the different um animals that are associated with the different transformations too like yeah she's got the, the, rose, the eagle, rose eagle the um, the golden, golden lion. lion and the sapphire dolphin yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and I like that. Um, I think that's a really smart way to handle sell. Like you, you have to balance the merchandising with the actual story, and I think that's a really smart way to do it, where it doesn't feel like you're just trying to sell toys. Right. It's like at least all of the toys of Tenko matched up with a transformation in the show. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Except for Shanti. Who never transforms <laughs> in the show. <laughs> but I could see them building toward it a little bit in the episodes I watched. Like, she can magically hear the voices of animals and so forth. So I was like, okay, I'm sure a Starfire gem is coming, would have come for her in a season two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if there were plans for a season two. I mean, I feel like they didn't even really finish season one, if I'm honest, because, like, 13 episodes <laughs> is, like, is not that. a full season. Friend um, of the show, Gregatore, probably would have told us if there were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he's never mentioned, you know, whether or not there would have been more Tenko, but I know his involvement with that, it as a project sort of faded away, like, once he started working on Jewel Riders in earnest. So I have to say as a child, I was obsessed with the Ninjara toy, which is her, the snow leopard. And I mean, where else can you find a snow leopard that you can put a giant headdress on? <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, the Pearl rider horse, I believe shares a mold with the Shira horses. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know where that Ninjara mold comes from, but I I have seen it somewhere else as well. Those are super fun toys. I really wish there were more. Mm -hmm. I really wish they'd made at least one boy. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like, nice. It would have been nice. It's just like I said, it just feels like odd choices to have your half of your cast be characters you never made into toys at all. But, well, I'm pretty sure toy making wisdom is girls do not buy dolls of boys. Yes. Therefore. And boys don't buy action figures of girls. Yes. Yep. Because ridiculousness. <laughs> ridiculousness. So any any final thoughts on Tenko? Um, I mean, it's interesting that like I'm reading the Wikipedia. It says Roger Slifer is the one who developed it. So that's kind of interesting because, like, he's had his hand in so many things, like Gem and the Holograms. He had his hand in Yu-Gi-Oh, um, the dub. Like, oh, really? Um, I was not familiar. I'm not familiar with him as a. Yeah, like as apparently. A creator. Yeah, like I know he passed away a few years ago, and Christy Marks, the uh, creator of Gem, 
was crediting Roger Slifer with quite a lot of work that he did on Gem. I think he wrote quite like quite a few episodes. Like it was like mostly her, and then Roger Slifer wrote quite a few other ones. So, oh. um, and then with Yu Gi Oh, they actually like instead of dubbing and like translating one of the Egyptian god cards like accurately, they actually just renamed one of them. After him, they called it Slifer the Sky Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day. <laughs> um, so they did that as a tribute to him. So that's interesting that he's credited as developing Tenko for um, for a TV series. That is crazy. He also, he's also the creator of DC's Lobo, who's like a quite a um, well-known character. That is totally fascinating Hmm. you just you have to wonder with this show who had who all had their hands in this you have you know now you have roger slifer you have real life princess tanko you have haim saban Hmm. you know three three kind of large personalities now looming over this show I totally. wonder if real life princess tanko even ever watched her animated counterpart I, mean, I wonder, she yeah. Just, you know, loaned out her name and her likeness. <laughs> Extend your popularity into the West, hopefully. Yes. Um, it looks like Shuki Levy was involved with Tenko as well. Um, Shuki Levy looks like was credited with composing some of the music, and Shuki Levy's like pretty much always with Saban for... Yeah, those those two tend to travel together. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Big Bad Beetleborgs and Power Rangers and stuff, Shuki Levy did that. I know Shuki Levy also was credited with doing the music for the pilot of the original 2D anime pilot of Miraculous Ladybug. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So before they did the 3D one that we have now, they had the 2D, like... I think it's like four minute animated pilot idea. And Shuki Levy did the music for that. One of the questions I've always had with Tenko is that it falls on a timeline of the development of that Saban Sailor Moon show. Mm. I was like, was this, was this the sort of outcome of that in the end? that he couldn't bring Sailor Moon over to the U.S., so he made Tenko instead. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know, it's it's something that I've I've just started to think about recently a lot. That's like, was this, you know, replacement, basically, for Sailor Moon? Yeah, it might have been, because I'm looking right now, it says that Saban Moon, as it's been affectionately dubbed, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it says... Around 1993 is when they were starting to try and develop that. In 1994, they were getting very serious about Saban Moon. Um, mm-hmm. So Tenko was 1995. So I imagine if the plans throughout fell through for Saban Moon, they would have probably been like, well, we still want to do a magical girl show. Yeah, we want to do an Asian-inspired magical girl show. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we'll take this real-life magician. <laughs> Saban Moon was not actually Saban. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah, oh, really? It, it is it is misnamed. It was actually made or not made 
by a company called Tune Makers that now seems to be defunct. So Saban Moon is its its common name, but a misunderstanding. So that's oh, an apocryphal piece, then. That's yeah. interesting. Tenko has sadly never had any home video release in the U.S. I doubt it ever will. Yeah. I don't know. There was, like, a, I saw, like, a re- release of, like, a few episodes. I think it was for the U.K., though. Yeah. I've seen those DVDs for the UK. Yeah. And I'm not 100% sure where Tanko lives in the rights licensing at this point. Because mm-hmm. I know at one point a bunch of Saban's assets were acquired by Disney, but then I know he bought back Power Rangers. But I, and I don't know, does, does Tanko now live in the, the dusty attic of Disney? <laughs> To never be seen again. <laughs> I'm wondering if they licensed the name Tanko and the likeness for Tanko for just a limited period of time to see if it would catch on. Because, like, right. I imagine, like, the real Tanko probably didn't license it in perpetuity to them. It would right. have probably been for just a limited amount of time. Or I maybe just this- for the show. <laughs> right. I've heard this bizarre story that, and I I can't verify it, that legally she has to always be like 30 years old or something like that because of this (laughs) doll license. Oh. (laughs) Well, she is not 30 years old. Yeah, no, definitely not. She's uh, in her early 60s and I I hope still performing because that would be kind of cool in her amazing outfits. Yes. There was a Kotaku article a while ago about um, another attempt at a Western magical girl show, and it was called Teen Angel. Have you either of you seen that? Yes, I have. I saw that article. They went looking for Saban Moon and Mm -hmm. they found this thing. (laughs) (laughs) thing. I I think we could do we could do a whole mini podcast on that after Chris watches that and reads that article. But yes. It it was a pitch for this strange live action CG and by CG I mean CG in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> like Greek goddesses is my memory. Yeah, yeah. So read that Chris it, it's a it's oh, a That thing. sounds fantastic. I am I mean a thousand I honestly here for this. Yeah, like, I honestly love it. Like, the aesthetic is very much like Y2K, like, magical girls, like, live action, but with Power Ranger kind of vibes. I don't know. I think we should do an episode on unproduced magical girls. We can talk about this and Saban Moon and Wonder Woman and the Star Rider. (laughs) (laughs) There are lots of things I can say about Saban Moon, let me tell (laughs) you. That's its own episode right there. (laughs) Yep. I've only ever seen the video of it from like recorded on somebody's camcorder from a convention. That's all the guy laughing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all anyone's ever seen with the like one guy laughing. It's like I'm trying to listen to the show, my man. Yeah, come on. (laughs) You ruined it for the whole internet's future. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh gosh. No, I do remember at one point cells came up for sale of, of the Saban Moon. 
Yep. Yeah, they do every so often. And I was like, I would like to own one of those at some point, just as a random curiosity. Yes, it's, alas, the person who had the cells was, I think, arrested for assault or something unfortunate. What? So his, his storage unit was auctioned off, and it was discovered in his storage unit. There were these cells and a small part of the script for the uh, the 17-minute non-existent pilot for Saban Moon. Wow. That is the most internet story I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Man seized for assault, storage unit raided. Yep. Sailor Moon American version things found. thing <laughs> that people knew existed that nobody had ever seen, and all of a sudden, there was some of it. But not all of it. <laughs> oh, that is so fascinating. It's like, I, I adore these sort of weird, apocryphal, like, media stories. Mm-hmm. To me, they're like the cryptids of, of cartoons. <laughs> it's like, it's one of the great mysteries. There are millions of Sailor Moon fans in the world, and we haven't managed to locate and liberate this little pilot it's ah, shame on us as a fandom shame on us amazing (laughs) i mean the power of the internet has finally completed tenko after how many years of being incomplete Mm -hmm. so maybe someday we'll bring us the the wonderful saban moon pilot (laughs) or teen angel Oh my god, I would I would watch Teen Angel, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I I'd think all of it. us here would watch it without <laughs> without any like, qualms. Yeah, like I don't know, I'm fine with that. Like I feel like it's it would be a really fun thing to have in the modern day. Like Power Rangers is still kind of going, so like mm-hmm. it'd be fun to have Teen Angel be like a more empowering feminine counterpart to Power Rangers, I feel like. I mean, as somebody who grew up loving the Mystic Knights of Tirnanog, (laughs) the (laughs) weird Irish fantasy counterpart of Power Rangers, like, I'm here for non-Power Rangers, Power Rangers-style things. Like, like, I think they're just really fun. You can have a lot of fun with those concepts. And totally. without them being Sentai like Beetleborgs or Oh, but I loved Beetleborgs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was so much more fun than Power Rangers. I'm like the only one probably, but I've it's been years since I've seen it. There was another one, right? VR Troopers at the same time. Oh yeah. Wait, is Beetleborgs the one where they fight comic characters? Yeah. Okay. They like literally like when they transform, they, like, become the comic characters. It's really Oh, my cool. gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty I like fun. that idea. I like that idea. I literally had the, like, Beetle Bonder when I was growing up. It was so much fun. <laughs> and, like, you put the little, like, for Metallics, they had it where you put in the little card, so it would be, like, change your transformation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would, like, 
they like announce everything, of course, because it's of like, course. So like input card. <laughs> 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 it was so much fun. I don't know. I loved Beetleborgs. I thought it was a lot more quirky and interesting than Power Rangers. I don't know. I never watched Jubon B Fighter, which is like obviously the original, but I kind of want to just to see what um, things they have in common. Like, I don't feel like they have anything in common. Like, they definitely don't have an Elvis kind of like ghost character who lives in an organ. (laughs) They definitely don't have that. Like, um, Flabber does not exist in Jubon B Fighter for sure, but. And, like, the mummy and the werewolf and everything. It's, like, I don't know where they got this idea. Like, why would they have a haunted house and, like, get powers to become bug-inspired heroes of justice from a haunted house? I don't know. But they did. (laughs) Because the 90s? (laughs) Yeah, because they just wanted to do that. And I, like, I kind of respect the commitment to the narrative, you know? It's, like... (laughs) It's like, wow, like you really committed to this and I actually really enjoyed it. So (laughs) don't ask too many questions and just enjoy. That's kind of the 90s. (laughs) Well, I wish somebody had committed that hard to Princess Tenko. Me too. (laughs) And some maybe someday we can all file the serial numbers off and write our own (laughs) Princess Tenko. (laughs) Princess Tinko. Yeah, I mean, someone should continue on with the spirit of Tenko because there's a lot of great ideas within Tenko that never Mm -hmm. really got to be fully explored. So I guess to wrap up Tenko, if you like Jewel Riders, there is a like 90 plus percent chance you will also like Tenko. And if you like magical gems that transform you... And if you want something that's just a little more modern, Tenko is the place to go. So check out the uh, all the episodes on the Jewel Writers Archive YouTube channel. And with that, any final thoughts on Tenko from you guys? I think we've covered it all. We, we've covered all the 13 episodes of a tiny show <laughs> allow. <laughs> more words expended on Tenko than the show itself right here. <laughs> So from there, we are going to travel one year forward to 1996, and we're going to talk about Skydancers. Now, this is a show based on a 1994 toy from Galoob, also named, surprisingly enough, Skydancers. But <laughs> <Wow>. this show, <laughs> but this show has almost nothing to do with those toys except having the same logo. The world of those toys is really not developed. And they're all kind of based on the flying toy gimmick. And there's a fascinating article from the New York Times from 1994 Christmas, all about the development of Skydancers, which I will link below because that is a, was a fascinating read to me on the development of this toy. So but the this toy was the new thing then, like changing color sequins are the new thing now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a flying ballerina toy, surprisingly, had never happened before then. But this show is a French co-production between Abrams Gentile Entertainment and Galmont Multimedia, which later became Zlam Animation. 
And one of the producers on this is Savin Yateman, who also went on to develop Oban Star Racers um, a few years later. Another kind of well-known sort of anime series. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this series follows five teens at the High Hope Dance Academy who discovered that their, quote, Dame Skyla is in fact, quote, Queen Skyla of the Wingdom. So using her sky swirl stone that's on a glove that she wears, Skyla transforms Angelica, Jade, Camille, Breeze, and Slam into the Sky Dancers to defend the Wingdom from the evil Sky Clone who killed King Skyler, who was his brother and Skyla's now deceased husband. First off, I have to say, I think Skyla is the secret protagonist of this show. Uh, I stand Queen Skyla. Like, the hair that she has with the little, like, red stripe and the blue stripes and the blonde hair, it's pretty iconic. I'm a little annoyed, though, they didn't keep her green hair from the opening because I love the green hair. Yeah, so let, let's talk for a minute about the opening, because the opening showcases the most wonderful designs for these characters. Like, Skyla has this mint green hair and this starry dress. Beautiful. And the, and the five teens are, like, the most perfectly 90s outfits. Like, yes. Breeze looks grunge, like... Jade looks like very nineties dancer. Mm. You know, they're they're just fantastic. And and I'm sure they cost too much to animate. <laughs> so that's why we got the simplified designs that they ended up with. But, you know, in my heart they exist always <laughs> as those versions. Like, I just wish we got Queen Skyla with her perfect mint hair ponytail. It's so cute. It's so iconic. Like, her dress looks opulent. It's, like, over-the-top beautiful. But the Skyla we got was still really cool. She's got four wings. Yeah. She's got, like, this beautiful, like, bleach blonde hair with the red stripe up top and the, you know, blue stripes. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, she is the secret protagonist. Like, the whole show is about her, if we're honest. Yeah, the um, show is about her losing her husband and yes. the many ways that he tries to come back. <laughs> like, literally, the show is, like, what is the plot? The plot is trauma and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like, oh my god, I really miss my dead husband, but also you need to learn to dance, like, for real. <laughs> I've, I've always wondered, I was like, so she's the queen of this wingdom. Mm-hmm. How, how does she have time to go into the human world and run an entire school for dance? Well, like, because it's a magical kingdom. Magical people don't do politics or economics. It's all <laughs> magical and peaceful. Except yes. for the one baddie. Yes. <laughs> Except for the one baddie who That's in every episode, work. I watch, he just sort of flies away and they sort of chuckle at the end. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Sky Clone. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't really think she would have had time to run a whole dance school and a kingdom, but like, we're going to pretend that like time stops in the wingdom when they're yeah. in the human world. When she's gone, time just stops. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden Sky Clone like messes with that. And like, they're like, oh no, Sky Clone's doing something in the wingdom. And <laughs> let's go and miniaturize ourselves into your little jewelry box thing. And yeah, so we, we do need to say that. To enter the wingdom, Skyla uses the stone to shrink the Sky Dancers to the size of the toys. Yes. (laughs) Whereupon they enter into magical jewelry box. Like um, Fabergé egg kind of Fabergé egg, like musical music boxes. Yeah. And this room has at least a hundred and I'm like, do, do all of them lead to different places in the wingdom? Do just only a few of them? Because I know in one of the episodes I watched, they go to this this area called Azure, which looks like an underwater kingdom. And it, they go through a separate box to get there. So I was like, oh, are these all <laughs> wingdom boxes? And it just made me really curious. I was like, that's some storytelling possibilities. Totally. Yeah, I mean, and they have to, like, join hands and do their little, like, say, yeah. if it is to be, it's be, up to it's me. It's up to me. Yeah. <laughs> and they all say a little piece of it. Yeah. It's so, super cute in 90s in that way. Cute. I don't know. I love this show. Like, this is one of my favorite shows from the era, for sure. Um... I feel like all of the characters were pretty distinct and I really appreciated that. Like all of them felt very different and none of them felt completely plot devicey to me, which I really yeah. love. I don't think I can say the same for every 90s show. So I feel like this one really stood out in that regard. They did a good job in making them all distinct and like it was very easy to pick your favorites from them. None of them felt, like, less important to me either. Like, I think Jade, Angelica, and Camille are definitely, like, more prominent than the two boys of Breeze and Slam. But at the same time, Breeze and Slam didn't feel unimportant. No, yeah. It's not like the second season of Jewel Riders where they, the boys just disappear basically completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they all have really complementary powers. So each of them, along with their transformation, gets a specific power, we should say. Uh, Jade can turn invisible. Angelica can stop time. Camille can create things out of clouds. Uh, Breeze can control nature. And Slam can create, like, energy bolts, basically. And these moves are all activated, of course, by a dance move that they have to do to activate them. So if you're fighting for your life, you still got a pirouette to turn invisible. (laughs) Honestly, I love um, Angelica's powers the most because I think it's so interesting that like she can only stop time in a very specific place. And it's Mm -hmm. like a very like, I don't know. I really appreciate it when they put limitations on powers and like. She can only do it in a very specific place for a very short amount of time. So it's not like she's just stopping time for everybody. For, for everyone, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like she literally flies around the target she's trying to stop time for and coats them in this, like, pink energy that, like, Mm -hmm. stops time. And it's, I don't know, I always thought that was really cool. And, like, Camille creating these objects out of clouds, it's, like, very interesting. Like, what a weird power. I've never heard of anyone else having something like that. She, like, I remember in one episode creates, like, bars out of the clouds. Um, Yeah, in one of the episodes that I watched, they were in the Netherworld, which is where Sky Clone, you know, concocts his evil schemes. Mm-hmm. And she creates like an entire fake door to hide them out of clouds. And I'm like, yeah, but but it's still clouds. <laughs> Wouldn't they notice that that door <laughs> is not? <laughs> like, I have to be honest, out of everybody, I feel like the most uninteresting power is jade even though i love jade i just like turning invisible is not as interesting as anybody else's power like it's like okay but i mean it's still like pretty iconic because she like twirls in an array of sparkles it's pretty iconic like yeah we still love jade (laughs) we like her we like her jade also has a really good episode about you know her mother was a dancer who left the family And there's like a lot of, and so Jade lives with her father, and there's like a lot of really good family drama in that episode, surprisingly. Yeah, I like, Jade was the team skeptic at the very beginning. She's like, my father is a scientist, I can't believe in all this magic. Well, it's happening. It's real. (laughs) And I like that. I like that skepticism getting a shout out. Yeah. It's it's a nice little refresher from like, okay, we're all in on this magic. (laughs) I mean, that Jade episode with her mother is, like, such a good episode about forgiveness, too, because it's, Mm -hmm. like, her mother had to, like, sort of choose between her dreams as a professional dancer and her ambition and then raising her own daughter. So it's, like, quite an interesting episode about forgiveness, really. And, like, it's quite emotional, really. Like, I don't know. I... I'm pretty easy to cry over like good narratives like that. And I think it's a great narrative where like she really has to reconcile the fact that she understands where her mother's coming from, but she's a little bit resentful that she chose her own dreams over being with her and being part of the family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a dancer's career is fairly short, you know, Mm -hmm. by the time you're 40, you're pretty much done. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, her mother is coming to this point in her career where she's realizing my career's over and I missed my daughter, you know, growing up. And now mm-hmm. it's like, how can I make up for lost time? And it's just like, it's such a weighty thing for, a, you know, a half an hour cartoon to tackle. And it's done really deftly. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's like one of definitely one of my favorite episodes of the show. Me too. It's such a good episode. It, it makes me tear up every single time. Oh, so it's so good. One of my other favorite episodes is, um, oh my gosh, which one is it? Episode 12, Time and Again. This is the one where the Sky Dancers go back in time and they meet the young Queen Skyla. And oh, yeah. The young Skylar and the young Sky Clone. Mm-hmm. And they like, and at the end, you get the sense, like, the three girls become, like, ladies-in-waiting to Skyla. And at the end, she has this memory of them. Like, 
guess it's something my ladies in waiting taught me. And it's like, oh, she knew. She knew Uh-oh. that they would go back in time. Oh, <laughs> I missed that episode. I'm going to have to watch it. It's so good. All right. How many episodes are there total? This is a 26-episode series, so okay. one one full season. And I watched a couple of... So I picked episodes at random <laughs> to watch for this, to, to just refresh myself on the characters and so forth. And I somehow ended up picking both of the episodes where they go to Azure, the, the <laughs> underwater sky realm. And yeah. I have to say, there is one of them that cracked me up. It's like not a good episode. <laughs> it's where Camille breaks up with her boyfriend of like two dates. Yeah. And then she gets upset and they show her eating chips in one scene. Oh, and then by God. the next scene, she can't dance because she's oh, no. gained weight. Oh my God. And I was That's like, this so is so bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't feel like those. Um, Azure episodes are like strong at all in the series. Like, no. I feel like most of the strong episodes are like usually when they're in High Hope Academy or when they're just in the Wingdom dealing with Sky Clone and the Imps. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, um, those are I don't know. Like, I love the Imps too. Like, they might be con- that might be controversial to say amongst <laughs> like the very like two Sky Dancers fans out there, but like. <laughs> I love the Amps, like Jumbo, Muddle. Yeah, Jumbo, Muddle, and Snarl are all amazing. Um, I like that they lose their heads. I think they fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Um, know who they're supposed to sound like, but they definitely have voices that they're supposed to sound like someone. Mm hmm. They they look like uh they look like characters from the Nightmare Before Christmas to me. They do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. I feel like there's some inspiration there for sure. But they are I they, they are funny. Like Yeah. Like, I appreciate that that they're not annoying. Yeah, they're actually pretty funny. And they're like incompetent funny. Yes. Um I don't really understand what the point of the dogs were, like the dogs with the flying ears like oh, i don't feel like they twirl. ever yeah they <laughs> didn't really add anything sell toys i bet the dogs are just here to sell toys i saw them and i thought yeah that's a toy office <laughs> but, but again, did they even have toys thing. they didn't make toys of the dogs oh i mean they're cute but they don't add anything like they don't have voices or personalities really mm-hmm. so it's- if they're they're just there to remind you that Skyla is like a lonely widower with her dogs <laughs> only to take care of. Yeah, like literally every other episode has Skyla like pining for Skylar, who by the way stole her mint hair. <laughs> yeah, he he That's got right. the mint hair. He got the. She mint doesn't hair have it. End. It's really annoying. He got the mint hair and she didn't. So. I don't I know. know. It's, it's always such a question, like, is he alive or is he not alive? I like think he's dead throughout the entire I mean, show. I mean, he goes into something goes. called the death spin. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I think at one point he also says, well, I survived, but I was thrown into another dimension. But here he is very much as a ghost. So who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah, it's like, is he... Is he dead in a ghost, or is he in another dimension, or is he just dead, dead? I it's mean, hard. like, what 
with the way she pines over him, it just feels like wishful thinking. Like, sorry, Skyla. <laughs> oh, you yeah. need to move on with your life, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like, there's the episode where the fake Skylar comes back and she is a thousand percent ready to just give him that stone. Yep, that's yeah. one of the ones I watched this morning. <laughs> also, I love, I was obsessed with the glove that she wore as a child. Yeah. With a big old rock in the center of it. Did they ever make a toy of that? I think there is some sort of toy-like thing of the glove. I and really wish I had that. That's so cool. The Sky <laughs> Squirrel Stone. That's so cool. I just wish the actual dolls looked like the characters. Like, they have some of them that are named after the characters, but they definitely don't look like them. Oh, yes. Okay, so they made they made a toy called Sky Dancer's Secret Surprise, and they're Gloves that light up with different jewels and patterns and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I see it. I wouldn't say that they're elegant. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the same. (laughs) Yeah, it looks looks like there are twenty six Sky Dancers fan fictions on fanfiction.net. Wow, that's so few. I mean, I'm happy that they exist. I'm happy that there's that at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the show had tons and tons and tons of potential. Um, I will say, like, I like the toys, but I, and I think the designs of the original Skydancers are really beautiful. Like, the bases are, like, extremely detailed. Mm -hmm. And I like the fairy tale series that they did with, like, they had, like, a, Sleeping Beauty one that was really beautiful and the base had like the thorns and the vines and mm-hmm. all of that. It was gorgeous. I the but like the Cinderella one of that set. It's so pretty, right? Yeah, it's like the whole thing is that the base is like a carriage and the pole is like the fairy godmother, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're they're absolutely beautiful. But I will say I like the show better than the toys. Yeah, I think it's a really missed opportunity to not for one way or the other, they should have matched them. Like when, yes. the, when the show came out, they should have they should have just made a line of them that looked like the show. It's just very sad to me because I love the show's designs. I do too. I wish we had real dolls that looked like the characters from the show. We yeah. really don't. Like they call a few of them the same name, but it's like. Like, they don't look the same, yeah. if we're honest. Like, yeah. And also, can we talk about the licensing issue with the theme song? Because I cannot stand the other theme song. Because, <laughs> 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 like, I think that um, on YouTube right now, it's Mondo World that has it uploaded yeah. at the moment. Um, they have, like, the other theme song, but not the original theme song. Not the I Can Dance, I Can Fly theme song. Yes, yes. that's the good theme song. The other one is just like, what is this? Like, it doesn't match the animation. <laughs> it's not catchy. It feels tired. Like, <laughs> like, it's just not the same. Well, interestingly, some of these episodes have completely different musical scores. 
oh. depending on what version you watch. So there's actually going to be a video coming out from the archive where if you put your earbuds in, you can listen to the, each audio on the left and the right channels. Oh. And, and I and I break it down a little bit to to show you where it's different. Like lines are missing in certain versions, and I'm just like, oh. what? What happened with the music and the for this show? Like in the licensing, like. Something went wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These toys were also relaunched in like 2004 by a company called Play Along Toys. And the faces are a little bit brats looking. They are. And, but they do technically, I guess, have like Jade and Camille and, and Angelica toys at least. I have, but, like, literally the old one and the new one right next to each other here. Oh, and, really? Like, yeah. And, like, the new one, I think, is when they did the light-up ones, where, like, when you pull the string, they light up as they uh-huh. spin. Um, It's pretty cool, but, like, the faces are very, very brats-like, and they don't look like Sky Dancers. Yeah, there's, there's just something in those original Sky Dancer faces and molds and the bases... They're very pastel. They're very sweet. And mm. when you get to the ones that are re-released in 2004, it's like, who are these? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think these are the Sky Dancers. No. So we also need to talk about the incredible use of puns in this. <laughs> Everything is a sky-themed thing. <laughs> like... Every land, every person, every, like, it just blows me away. You know, like we said, her dogs are named Whirl and Twirl. Just random names like Skyridium for the kingdom where the fairies live. And just so many weird little catchphrases and rhymey talk. And there's a character I actually love called the Tinker. Who shows up in several episodes. He's like this old Merlin-like character who helps to, like, fix the Sky Swirl Stone or make little inventions. Like, the episode where Camille gains weight and can't fly. He makes her, like, a sang glider. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was dying. I was dying. But I thought it was fun that there's a recurring character that is not part of the main cast necessarily, but who can just sort of show up. So how I have recently been falling down the hole of like buying sky dancers off of eBay, which is a real problem because they are expensive. So expensive. And, and I think they're expensive in part because in 2000, they got recalled Oh, yeah. Because because children were launching them into other children's eyes and causing (laughs) corneal damage. (laughs) It was very unfortunate. So, like, number one, if you find it and it's in the box, you're probably going to pay, like, $100 or more, which is insanity to me. So every time I go to a real live uh, toy show or convention, I'm always like, wonderful, I'll find a Sky Dancer here. (laughs) Aww. And at power You're going to find your Sky Dancers, and I find my Lady Lovely Locks. <laughs> oh, okay. I love Lady Lovely Locks. I know, it's like, 
Don't you also look for moon dreamers usually too? I do. Yeah, those are really cute too. Yeah, I was shocked. I found one at PowerCon this last year. And I was like, it's a sky dancer. (laughs) And how much was it? Did the booth owner know what he had? (laughs) I don't know because, I mean, I think he had to have known because out of the box it was like $30. Uh Which, you know, if you didn't know what you'd had, you'd probably price that at like maybe $15. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, so out of the box. And it's in decent shape. Still has the tutu on, which is amazing because those don't survive very well. But it was it was fun to find one in the wild. I have to say. Oh yeah, yeah. Someday. Apparently, Camp PowerCon is the place to go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next year, I will make it. Yeah, you can you can go through that giant bin of My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of you so much when I saw it. I was like, oh, Stormy would love this. (laughs) Finding things in the wild. That's the joy of it. It's it's more fun than buying it on eBay. But yes, I did just find my I've been hunting for years for that Peter Pan set that they made of Peter and Tinkerbell for the and I just finally found one out of the box and I got it. And it's on its way. Mm. I'm very excited. It's not in the, it's not in like mint condition or anything, but I'm like, I'll take it. Just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your favorite character in the show overall? I mean, my, I don't know. It's hard because like the thing is, I feel like all of the characters in the show are really fun and I like all of them Mm -hmm. um like Jade's episode with her mother is like really amazing that's like probably one of the strongest episodes in the show so I love Jade for that but like yeah I love Angelica at other times and then Camille's power is my favorite Mm -hmm. um Slam and Breeze are great I feel like Breeze never got enough development I like Breeze but I feel like they could have used another season to give Breeze some more time um Slam is like the typical dude bro but like sometimes like who doesn't love that you know I mean like I'm gonna say like I like me a himbo redhead exactly (laughs) from time to time exactly like who doesn't love a himbo and and you know slam is definitely that so I like all of them but I mean I guess if we really 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 get down to it I love Skyla Skyla is my absolute favorite character um because I feel like she's just I don't know like she feels powerful but she feels in need of help at the same time and I think that's a really interesting character to have in a show because you know usually you don't have both in the same character I don't feel like like it's like they don't feel like they go together this in the same synergistic way that you get with Skyla. Like she's the queen of the wingdom, but she also needs the sky dancers. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of like interesting. I don't know. I love Skyla. I think she's well, I, my favorite. I think you, I think you touched on something really interesting there that I've, I've never really put that together that, and I wonder if it's a, a conscious choice of like, she didn't really want the sky squirrel stone. Therefore, she's not as interested in using it for power 
as somebody who would have naturally inherited it. Yeah. Which could be in our Sky Dancers reboot coming 2030, <laughs> we can explore. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking of the the parallels with Sky Clone and Lady Kale both being the villains who were passed over for the throne in favor mm-hmm. of their more sensible sibling. Right. And with the imps and the dweezels and lady, what's her name's minions in wildfire. Oh, and yes. in Winx club. They're all the, the, the bumbling evil minions. So it's all, there's the, the thread of similar plot going through them all. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Like, I just, Skyclone cracks me up because, <laughs> you know, his, to live in the Wingdom, you have to have something called the Rite of Flight, <laughs> which is, his has been stripped away when they went into that death spin, or, and, but he he's still flying all the time, he just doesn't have wings. And so, he bones how fat he is, and he's got a spiral on his belly for some yeah. reason. Yeah. He's a. I want. I have to go and see that time travel episode so I can see what he was like before he turned into himself. <laughs> yes. He's just such a strange villain for this show. Like, I would have. I think I would have probably preferred like a, like a Catra or a Kale type villain mm. for this show. I think it might have worked a little bit better. Yeah, that would kind of have made more sense in a way. Yeah. You know, you could have released a doll of a female villain. And, mm. Yeah. Sky maybe clone. Skyla's sister instead of Skyler's Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Skyla's sister would have been a good villain. Oh, Skyla. She's so good. She is. <laughs> let me, let me is. just stare off into the distance and moan about my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. And then stick her hand out and just be like, oh, look at my sky swirl stone. Yeah. <laughs> and and it like shines super brightly and like miniaturizes people for no reason. <laughs> yeah, Sky Skyla's probably my favorite character as well. Um, you know, with with my like love of slam coming in like right behind. <laughs> He's just so dorky and funny and cute and it's just like okay I'll take it of the girls I I always liked Angelica as a child um you know I'm definitely not into country western music like Angelica is (laughs) but I don't know she's a lot of fun she's that typical 90s mall girl voice and it's just a lot of fun to listen to now you know I mean at one point she's like I did the mall thing this weekend. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, I love you. <laughs> and her and Breeze have like a sort of relationship that pops up now and again in the show. And I was like, what is happening with this? This needs more development. And how about you, Stormy? Favorite character? Well, uh, also Skyla, for all the reasons that Alex said, she really is the center of the story. Mm-hmm. But I also, I like Jade for her scientist and skepticism. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good, that's so a really that's, good. Those were my favorites. I haven't watched all the episodes, so I don't know what else happens to everybody. I've only watched maybe half of them. 
So okay. Does, does Breeze have a medicine man, magic Native American grandfather like Hawk in Tenko? <laughs> I, I did laugh when I was like, oh no, magical Native Americans, two for yeah. two in these shows. Yeah. yeah. There is an episode, gosh, where the girl, where they go. Okay, there. So there is an episode, episode 22 called Troublemakers, where Breeze invites the Skydancers to his tribe's celebration in the desert. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, maybe it's better than having no Native American representation. Right. Even if it is a little cringe now. Yeah. I always have to laugh at Breeze's outfits with his outfit with his, like, hot pants. And, like... <laughs> and I was like... This is this is one hundred percent designed by a gay man. <laughs> I mean, slams too. Slams Slam also like, let's like have his, one, half his chest one, out. Yeah, one peck out, just exposed yeah. for no reason. <laughs> that is a strange outfit Slam wears. You know, it's funny because in in like earlier versions I've seen, it's like he has like a black and white theme, like a yin yang. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's sort of weirdly turned into black and yellow mm-hmm. <laughs> with random arrows on it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? It, what is this? I don't understand. But it's a, it's a fun. It's such a fun show. I like its counterpart, Dragonflies, a lot as well. You know, very reminiscent to me of like Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Riders of Burn. Where, but it's like a crazy, you know, dark future, you know, where the earth is destroyed basically and humanity survives in this floating city and they have to use their dragons to go get these crystals from earth to power the city, which is all totally ridiculous, but the aesthetic is really cool. (laughs) So I will have to watch this show. I have never seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, made by made by the same people who did Skydancers the same year. And uh shares a couple of the voice actors, I believe. Like I believe Slam's voice actor also voices the youngest of the siblings of the Dragonflies and but yeah, that's that one's quite a bit of fun too. Any final thoughts on Skydancers? Skydancers left me feeling kind of similar to the way Lady Lovely Locks left me feeling. Like, there's world building to be had here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A ton of potential with both of them. I mean, I feel like Skydancers was able to find a bit more of its footing. It's not, it like, I love Lady Lovely Locks and I wish it would have had the same opportunity. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. There's some iconic moments in Lady Lovely Locks, though, for sure. But um, Skydancers was able to do a bit more, I feel like, with the time it had, which I'm grateful for, because, like, it's a really fun show. Yeah, I mean, even just considering Lady Lovely Locks has those, like, 15-minute episodes. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, which is crazy to think, how could you tell a story in that short of a time? Um, yeah, but I don't know yeah. if I could import... Duchess Raven waves into Skydancers. I would not be sad about that. <laughs> she would be an iconic villain, honestly. She's an iconic villain as it is. Like, 
I'll never get over how she can see everything through her telescope. And then, like, Lady Lovelocks has to go through this elaborate, long, winding path to get to the looking room to see things. And I'm like, oh, my God, you could just buy a telescope. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, that's the whole thing. It's like, I'm going to cut your magic hair because you can use the looking room. It's like, girl, you have a telescope. Like, (laughs) do you need the magic hair? Really? (laughs) Oh man, yeah, give me give me Skyla's evil sister Raven Way. <laughs> yeah. And I will I would a thousand percent be here for that. Definitely. Yeah. It would work. The long hair, <laughs> the jewel toned wings, it would work. Oh my gosh. Somebody make us some art. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. This is like one of my my four like ride or die shows from childhood that has stayed with me for just forever. You know, this jewel riders, Tenko and dragonflies are the shows that for whatever reason, they're very unknown overall, but I love them a lot. And so they, I don't know. They just feel like they mean a little bit more to me because of that. Um, so this show, I first rediscovered it on, I bought VCDs from Malaysia in like 2004 (laughs) and I was delighted to finally see the whole show. And I still have those VCDs. And now of course it's all available on YouTube. You can find it easily, but for a long time that, you know, there was no other way to see it. So it was, I had, Oh, I was just going to say, I had the VHS tapes, and they were like, one of them was like bright pink, and it was so Oh, yes. So each of the VHS tapes are like a different pastel color that matches the clamshell. It's so pretty. So like one is like a minty green, one's like a light purple. (laughs) I have Mm -hmm. a few of those now that I've picked up over time, and I'm like, they're so cute. (laughs) Uh, Skydancers was briefly released on DVD. Um, they released two DVDs, totaling about nine or ten episodes, I want to say, mm-hmm. back in, like, 2004, somewhere when the new dolls were being released. And sadly, of course... Game. Oh, yes, they did have the Game Boy game. They did. That's and right. The game has, like, literally nothing to do with anything. I've played it. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then they had the McDonald's tie-in as well, I believe. Yes, they're Skydancers. I mean, I think it's... You can't underestimate that Skydancers was, like, a brand that brought in millions at its height. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really popular. And, of course, anything that's popular gets a McDonald's fast food toy tie-in at some point. And the... And the McDonald's Sky Dancers don't fly off their bases. They only twirl in place. <laughs> because, you know, the last thing you want is to launch it into someone's throat as they're eating a Big Mac. <laughs> like, yeah. I just yes. sent the, the DVD art and, like, it looks nothing like the show or the DVD art. It's very weird. This DVD art is like the old doll storybook art. And then the Game Boy Advance game looks like they were trying to go for the, like, manga aesthetic. 
Oh, goodness. <laughs> but it's very much like Christopher Hart, How to Draw Manga. Oh, it yes, so is. Hey, <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, it's very Christopher Hart. Like, there is no detail on their wings. There's not a single sparkle to be seen. Like, it's very flat coloring. The main, the main girl's whole arm just disappears and turns into her wing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, I'm pretty sure that um, main girl there is supposed to be Angelica. Um, And then in the back there, I think that is supposed to be Camille. So they, like, she's not the same character anymore. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So. Yeah, these are definitely not the same girls. No. I mean, where's their Aquanet two feet high hair with a bow? (laughs) (laughs) Like... The thing about the game, too, is it's a platformer, so you, like, never fly. You just jump. (laughs) That's not right. No, like, you should fly sometimes, maybe. (laughs) In a game called Sky Dancers, where everybody has wings, one (laughs) should fly at some point. Yeah, no, you just jump. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I may have to. I may have to hunt down a copy of this at some point, (laughs) just to see how ridiculous it is. (laughs) I do have a Game Boy Advance sitting in my closet, so. (laughs) Or or if I'm bad, I could just get a ROM of it. I'm sure that's what I did. Honestly, okay. (laughs) But yeah, Sky Dancers basically. As far as I can tell, the last Western Magical Girl series of the 90s, aside from the anime that, of course, then came over, like Sailor Moon and Card Captor Sakura, ahem, Card Captors <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> and what else came over in the 90s for Magical Girl animes? Wedding Peach, maybe? Wedding I don't Peach. think so. I only That's have fans right? Okay. Is that after the 90s? Let me see. When did Wedding Peach come over? It was a... Well, it started in 1995, but that doesn't mean it was over here at that point. Right. Well... I don't know. Well, Utina was over here at that point. Mm. And Fancy Lala was over here, I mm-hmm. think, around so. Uchina, oh, and Magic Knight Ray Earth, of course. Yeah, mm, Ray Earth. Yes. Ray Earth, yes. Ray Earth was the second anime I watched, I think, after Sailor Moon. Oh, it's a good, it's a good stepping stone after yeah. Sailor Moon. Oh, I was obsessed with Clamp for a very long time. Oh Clamp my was god, very pretty art. Yeah. Wedding Peach did not get over here until 2003. Okay. That's quite a while, because apparently the original release was 1994. Yeah. I'm sure I had fan subs before then. (laughs) (laughs) HS fan subs and Wedding Peach was, I know, one of the first ones I would have traded for. (laughs) Oh, fan sub tape trading. Makes me (laughs) so happy to remember it. I know. Be so oh, happy. It's more convenient, but they don't have the same soul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am grateful I can flip on my Crunchyroll and watch so many things at <laughs> the two presses of a button. 
but it doesn't quite have the same joy of getting a new tape in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, if you want to relive Sky Dancers, we can watch the Sky Dancers VHS tapes. <laughs> With all their lines that are from tracking <laughs> that are going to be blurring across the screen. I mean, at least they're going to have the original theme song. So Yes. And I am, I'll have to do further comparison whether my VCDs have the original theme song on them. Because I, I know some of the episodes did and some had the other one. The, Not the good other one. one. The other one. <laughs> when I, it's like Gem Girls with Gem. I can't. Like, there's the original opening, and then there's Gem Girls. I'm like, I can't with it. <laughs> it's just not iconic. We don't love her. <laughs> that <laughs> song. We don't love her. <laughs> well, you know what we have to do now? We have to make a podcast episode where we talk about all of the anime titles we just named. I know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know if I have time to watch, like, 50 episodes of Wedding Peach. <laughs> no, you have to watch the first few. Yeah. It, you'll get the idea pretty quick. Oh, my gosh, there's so many good anime we could talk about. Princess Tutu, Kaleidostar. Oh, I love both of those. I haven't seen Kaleidostar. I've seen Princess Tutu. Oh my gosh, Stormy, you have to watch Kaleidoscar. It's so good. I may have so it. Good. I may have pirated it during my piracy days and just never watched it. I will check. <laughs> you will love Kaleidoscar. It's so good. Okay. It, it was really fun. It was really right. fun. Like, I definitely, like, I rebought the second season because they included the OAV with the re-release. That's how much I enjoyed <laughs> Kaleidoscar. So yeah. I love it. I mean, I also, I don't know. No one's seen Fancy Lala. It's so sad, but I love Fancy Lala, too. Fancy Lala? I've seen Fancy Lala. Fancy Lala is good. It's good. And that's the thing. Nobody, like, appreciates it because, like, all the other Studio Piero Magical Girls, like, got more success and they became more iconic and then there's Lala there and I'm like but she's so cute and so cool (laughs) and she's an artist she doesn't fight evil I think that's why she doesn't fit in because she just transforms and she has like slice of life kid and slice of life being an idol and both of them are good but none of them are magical adventures exactly Exactly, yeah. I don't know. It's one of my favorites for sure, but nobody appreciates Lala. I have the DVDs and I need to watch them at some point. (laughs) You should. Well, you watch the original OVA for it too. Um, Fashion Lala. Harbor Life Story. The one where, like, gangs are set to rumble and then she appears and starts singing in the middle of, like, the the ensuing gang violence. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's really about it was how funny that was. It's so 80s. So like basically they have like yeah a lot of references to 80s movies and then like they have um they have like I think it's the queen of the town or something is what they called her and she's it's like this contest where they get all the ladies in town to go to this like stadium to dance. And, like, become the queen of the town or something like that. Um, So, basically, the 
um, protagonist, what she does is she's just like a normal little girl and she wants to participate, but she can't. And then she gets a dress and it's like very Cinderella because they like cut up her dress and they like her stepmother and her sisters and whatever. And they're like really mean to her. Um, so then these little like fairy dinosaur plushies from the attic give her <laughs> Like the power to transform into fashion Lala, who's like, by the way, more iconic than fancy Lala because she does like a little twirl and changes her outfit and her look. So she's like in the middle of this stadium with all this gang violence of the 80s going on with this like very synthesizer heavy music. And she's like twirling and changing her outfit and her form and like just being a super iconic queen the entire time. (laughs) It looks like it's on YouTube. The Fashion Lala OAV seems to be on YouTube. Okay, I will have to watch that one. I love it. And then like randomly her love interest who's like way too old for her because like she's a little girl yeah and so like he lives on a pirate ship that's just crashed in the middle of the city we don't know why (laughs) yeah because like he's mad at his dad who's the mayor so he lives on a pirate ship (laughs) what because his dad is like having affairs with young women or something Oh my god. It's very much like soap opera vibes, but magical girl. Okay, I will have to watch that one because <laughs> that sounds fantastic. And then like the funny Gang thing is violence they... against magical idols. <laughs> funny thing is they were like, Well, this didn't work. Let's like do the same thing again, but like make it more card captured Sakura, and then they came up with fancy Lala. Oh, Can you think of any other Western magical girls from the 90s? I usually draw a blank after Sky Dancers. And they sort of go into hibernation and don't reemerge until, like, Winx and Witch and, like, Totally Spies, I think. I mean, Rainbow Bright was 80s. Yeah. Uh... Angel's Friends was early 2000s, right? Yeah, I believe Angel's Friends was around the same time as Winx. Okay. No. Yeah, Totally Spies was from 2001. Which I guess yeah. is not technically a magical girl show. It, it has sort of, It sort yeah. of is. Do they transform? I think so. I think <laughs> they like can change their outfits quickly. Yeah, I think that is it then for our 90s episode. So I think we're going to push our our discussion of Winx and Witch into the next episode, which is going to be our 2000s episode. Because I know y'all have a lot to say about Winx. So much, so much to say. <laughs> if we get into fate, we're going to be here all night, let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Probably not good. (laughs) And I think it's hard to talk about Witch without talking about Winx, because they're so interconnected in terms of their, I mean, even up to lawsuits. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Teaser for our next episode. Yeah. If you like, if you want to hear about Disney trying to sue people. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs> I did watch a little bit of Witch in preparation. If I wasn't sure if we were going to get to it or not, so I watched the first five episodes 
and read like the first three chapters of the comic and it, they're very different. <laughs> it's like which one's better in your opinion? I mean, it's hard to say because I've only ever seen all the way through the series, but I really liked what I read of the comic so far. I think it's a little bit more slow burn, a little less hyper. I mean, I really liked it so far, but fair warning, which is up to like 26 volumes in the U.S. with more to come. (laughs) So that thing's going to be over 30 volumes by the time it's done, which is insane. They've been releasing it since like 2017 here in the U.S. That's so much. (laughs) I know. I just made an order where I caught up with, like, the last five volumes. I'm like, have I read them? No. (laughs) Am I worried that if I don't just keep buying them, they'll go out of print and then I'll miss, like, three volumes and then be really upset? Yes. But, like, I've also noticed they've gone up in price quite a bit. Like, they were, like, 11 or $12, and now they're $15 or $16 per volume. So, but they are full color, and you get four full chapters in each volume, so... Not not a horrible deal for fifteen dollars, especially if you can find a Barnes and Noble coupon. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's give our customary send off. So, if you want to hear more of this podcast, you can find us on our home at Podbean or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you want to find out more from the Jewel Riders Archive, visit us at www.jewelridersarchive.com or on any social media at Jewel Riders or at Jewel Riders Archive. And as we like to say at the end of every episode, friends together. Friends Friends forever. forever. Right. Bye, everyone. Have a great week and think of magical girls and all their adventures.